Testing. Oh, we got sound. <laughs> That's great. Well, in Matthew chapter 5, once you tur- turn there with me, as I said earlier, Matthew chapter 5, and let's, let's look at these Beatitudes one more time. Uh, this is Jesus. He, he is um, sharing this message on the north, north shore of the Sea of Galilee. He's got a large crowd gathered around him. He's, he's seated. He's sat down. And we looked at the first couple already, but just this is Jesus teaching and preaching. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. We talked about what mourning was last week. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Verse 11, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now we said that the word blessed in English comes from the Old English word which means happy. Happy. And Jesus was basically telling us this is a pathway to happiness. And we started out and we said that there are many different ways that people seek happiness. And we looked at uh, Solomon and we saw all those different ways that Solomon pursued happiness. And he says it's like chasing after the wind. uh, All of these external ways of seeking happiness. But he said internally, internally, uh, through these particular things that we talked about already, these are the keys to finding true happiness. Now, t- this evening, we're going to look at a very uh, most misunderstood attitude, and that's the attitude of meekness. And Jesus said once again, in verse 5 there, Happy are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Happy are the meek, for they, that they will inherit the earth. Now, when you think about that, that sounds ridiculous. It sounds absolutely ridiculous. The meek will inherit the earth. Come on now. Uh, we're talking about pushing ahead. We're talking about climbing over people. We're talking about a uh, stab-in-the-back type of mentality among people. But the word meek, you see, has lost its meaning. The word meek has lost its meaning. It doesn't mean what it used to mean. Today, is a, today the word meek is a slur. When you call a man meek, it's a slur. It's a put-down. You're, t- you're, you're saying about that particular person that they're spineless. You're, you're, you're saying that they're weak. Uh, you're saying that they're milk toast. Uh, you, you don't put on your resume that you are a meek person in today's world. Uh, some spineless jellyfish without no conviction, we say meek as a mouse. Uh, a lady said to her husband one time, she said, are you a man or a mouse? Squeak up! Now what is meekness? What is meekness? Here's a good definition. Meekness is not weakness. Rather, it is strength controlled. It is strength controlled. Did you know that the Hebrew word that we get for the, the word picture that we get here is like a wild stallion with all of the strength and with all of this energy. And you've seen those wild stallions and you've seen those National Geographic shows. And you know what I'm talking about. An animal that's hundreds of pounds in weight and that's huge and has all of this muscle and sinewy and everything else. And it is controlled, ultimately, by a bit in its mouth. And the word picture that we get is, that is what meekness is. Meekness is strength 
controlled. Strength controlled. There are only two men specifically mentioned in the Bible with the attribute of, of meekness. Did you know that? The, the, the only two men that specifically were mentioned with this attitude and with this attribute of meekness. And that was Moses and that was Jesus Christ. And neither one of them were spineless. We're not talking about spine, spineless people. Now, um, I, I heard about this Hell's Angels group a while back, and they went into this, they went into this uh, restaurant bar area restaurant slash bar area where you could also get uh, diesel gas and it was all one of those big places you know how they are and they had a, also had a bar in this particular place and there was a trucker that was over in the corner and one of these huge hulking hell's angels men walked over this guy was eating a, a, a plate of spaghetti and he picked up the plate of spaghetti and he broke it over his head and he poured beer all over this man's lap and the truck driver did not do anything about it whatsoever. And he got up and he paid the bill and he walked out. And the hell's angel looked over to the bartender and he said, Not much of a man was he. And the bartender said, Not much of a truck driver either. He just ran over 12 choppers outside. <laughs> Meekness is strength under control. And Jesus said, happy are those, in other words, who don't overreact. Happy are those who don't overreact. I'd invite you to follow along in those message notes, and I've got some scripture associated there and an outline this evening. Now, there are five ways that I think that uh, the Bible teaches that we can work on our reactions. Five ways that we can work on our reactions. First of all, when somebody serves you, be understanding and not demanding. When somebody serves you, be understanding and not demanding. And I want you to look at what Philippians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5 says. He says, don't just think about your own affairs. In other words, don't just think about your own self-centered, self-centeredness, but be interested in others too and in what they're doing. Your attitude should be the same as Jesus Christ. And we know that Jesus Christ's attitude was, was a servant. He came to serve and not be served. And how do you treat people who serve you? See, you say, what are you talking about? Well, Janet knows because she's a waitress. How do you treat people that serve you? We're talking about waitresses. We're talking about secretaries. We're talking about clerks. We're talking about tellers, tellers at the bank. We're talking about fast food operators. We're talking about those phone people that are in India. And they don't speak English. And you think, you think that you, they're trying to talk and you're trying to understand and you don't know what's happening and you're getting mad and you're getting upset. How do you treat those people who serve you? We're talking about waitresses and secretaries and tellers at the bank. <clears throat> when we pastored uh, one church in, in California, there was this guy who started coming to our church and he was, he was involved in the company as a, some sort of vice president or whatever it was. And it was a food manufacturing company. And uh, his son played baseball with my son. And they were looking for a church. They moved there. So they started visiting our church and, and so on and so forth. And went out to lunch with him. And I, I didn't know very much about this particular man. But the waitress that was serving us was not very good. And he was on her like white is on rice. And you know what I'm talking about. Those of you who have been around people like that. He was on her like white is rice. And he was very, very rude to her. When someone serves you, be understanding and not demanding. We're talking about controlling my reactions. We're talking about meekness. Meekness is controlling our reactions. 
Number two, when somebody disappoints you, you be ju- you be gentle and not judgmental. You be gentle and not judgmental. You be gentle and not judgmental. Notice Romans chapter 4, 14, verse 1, except him who is weak in the faith, this is Apostle Paul writing to Roman church, he said, accepts him who is weak in the faith without passing judgment on disputable matters. Happiness comes when you accept people who haven't attained your level of maturity. And you're working with them, and, uh, and they're not coming up to your level of standard in, in their maturity and their spiritual understanding, but you still love them and you accept them. You don't accept their sins, but you try to work with them and help them and encourage them. And uh, when they disappoint you because of what some of the things that they do, you're not judgmental. Notice what Scripture says. If a person is trapped in some sin, you who are spiritual should restore him. What? It says, what does it say? Gently. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. And notice it says, carry each other's burdens now how do we react when somebody messes up in life i knew that young man would do that i knew they would do that they're immature i'm so disappointed i told you so i saw it coming only a fool would do something like that i I wouldn't be that stupid no we 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 don't react that way When, when when somebody disappoints us we're to be gentle and not judgmental we're talking about our reactions meekness um, being um, instead of letting people have it, controlling my reactions. Number three, when when someone disagrees with you, when somebody disagrees with you, be tender without surrender. When somebody disagrees with you, be tender without surrender. And the fact is, you cannot please everybody in life, and I can't please everybody in life. And just the, by the time you get crowd A satisfied, crowd B is dissatisfied with you. And any leader will tell you this: you can't please everybody. You cannot please everybody. I was talking with a former school board member. And this person was telling me, they said, you know what? I was on this school board for X number of years. And I got a lot of flack. And anybody who's in any leadership position gets a lot of flack. And one minute somebody has said you're a hero, and the next minute you're a zero. The same group of people. That's what they did to Jesus. The same group of people that worshipped him. And on Palm Sunday were the group of some of those individuals who, who at the end of the week were ready to hang him, so to speak, on the, up on the cross to convict him. So when someone disagrees with you, be tender without surrender. Um, and... Um, uh, well, we're if so. Uh, excuse me. If a person is trapped in some sin, you are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourself that you may be tempted. So number three, when someone disagrees with you, be tender without surrender. And and again, the fact is we can't please everybody in life. And so meekness is not. Listen to this. Meekness is not compromising your convictions. Meekness is not compromising your convictions. You can be tender without surrender. Is not is not being passive. This is not being passive. It's not being a doormat. Did you hear what I said? Meekness is not being passive and not being doormat. It doesn't mean that you don't have opinions. It doesn't mean that you always have to give in. But the, the fact is, the fact is, um, you can retreat in anger. You can be a doormat or you can attack. You can retreat in fear. You can attack in anger or you can respond in love. It's not re- reacting in anger. If someone disagrees with you, you blow them away. It's not being a doormat. Um, some people, you know, use 
verbal overkill. They explode. They're exploding people. Everything's a win or lose situation. A number of years ago, there was a book by General George Patton. How many of you remember that name, General George Patton from World War II? And there was a book that came out, and it was entitled Patton's Principles for Managers Who Mean It. Patton's Principles for Managers Who Mean It. And it's got a lot of one-liners in it. And one is this. He said, you never fight a battle where winning doesn't make a difference. You never fight a battle where winning doesn't make a difference. Don't get into argument over something that doesn't matter. Proverbs 15.1, a gentle answer quiets anger, but a harsh word steers it up. And notice up there, I think it's up there on the overhead, James chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, where there is jealousy or selfish ambition, what? There will be disorder. There will be disorder. But wisdom from above is pure, peaceful, gentle, and friendly. Would you circle that word, gentle? That's the, that's the same uh, word as meek uh, in, in Greek. Meekness and gentleness means strength under control. We're talking about even if you're small in stature, you're a real giant if you have meekness. An argumentative spirit indicates an ego problem. I hate to say it like that, but it's true. If you like to quarrel, if you like to get in arguments, perhaps you have an ego problem. Again, when you get in an argument or when you get in a disagreement, it doesn't mean you have to be a doormat, passive. Go ahead and have your way. Or you can fight tooth and nail and blow up in my way or the highway. Or you can respond in love, a gentle answer. I want you to notice that scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 24 and 25 says, Meekness is a qualification for spiritual leadership. Isn't that something? Meekness is a qualification for spiritual leadership. The Lord's servant must what? Must not quarrel those who oppose him. He must gently instruct and hope that God will give a change of heart. So if I'm a pastor or if I'm a leader in the church in some sort of capacity, I am not to get into quarrelsome arguments. But those who oppose him, he must gently instruct and hope that God will give them a change of heart. And uh, I'm to gently instruct, and any leader in the church is to gently instruct and hope that God will give them a change of heart. Uh, now, in our membership class, we borrow a saying from uh, John Wesley. And John Wesley, I think, borrowed it from somebody else. And do you remember this particular quote? We said, in essentials, we have unity. In essentials, we have unity. In none essentials we have liberty. In all things, what? We have charity. Why would I get in arguments in dis on disputable matters? Why would I get in arguments on black and white issues? Why would I get in arguments over particular gray areas? Why would I get in arguments over political perspectives and viewpoints? Why would I do that? I can express my opinion. The other person can express their opinion. But why would I get so heated and want to make sure that I won the argument. Um, when someone disagrees with you, be tender without surrender. We're talking about controlling my reactions. We're talking about meekness, which is, which is strength controlled. Another way to improve uh, our attitudes as far as reacting to others, number four, when someone um, corrects you, be, be teachable. When somebody corrects you, be teachable, not unreachable. Be teachable and not unreachable. 
we're talking about meekness is a teachable spirit. Meek people are eager to learn. Meek people don't pretend they, they know it all. They, they, don't, they know they don't know it all, and they don't pretend that they know it all. James chapter 1, verse 19, look at a scripture with me. Let everyone be quick to listen, slow to use his or her tongue, and slow to lose his or her temper. Now, this is one of my favorite scriptures, and stay with me on this. It tells us how to control our temper. That passage of scripture tells us how to control our temper. If you do the first two things, the third is automatic. If you are quick to listen and slow to speak, you will be slow to anger. But the opposite is true. If you're slow to listen and quick to speak, you'll be quick to anger. We need to listen. That's why we have two ears and one mouth. We need to listen more than we speak. Be teachable and not unreachable. When your wife or husband makes a constructive suggestion to you, how do you relate to that? Do you get uptight or do you get defensive? Do you consider the source? Do you consider the suggestion? Meet people don't have all of the answers. Are we open to new ideas? Are we open to change or close to change? A meet person, when someone corrects you, they're teachable. They're not unreachable. You know, I, I, I know like you folks, you've met a lot, a lot of different kind of people, and I've lived in a lot of different kinds of places. And it's, it's so true. The, the wisest people that I know, the wisest people that I know, are the most eager, the most willing to learn. They don't think they've learned everything. <clears throat> in fact, if, if, um, if all the knowledge in the world so to speak, was on the front of my Bible here. This this is about, I don't know, this is about 8, 8 by 12, 8 by 12. Let's say all the knowledge of the world was on this Bible right here in the front of this cover. And as far as human understanding, human knowledge is concerned, this little tiny speck is all of what is, all the things that we know in the entire world. That's why scientists will tell you there are so many unknown things that, that we don't know and that we don't understand and that we can comprehend. And uh, the wisest people I know are those people who are still learning. And uh, they're like a flexible tree in the wind and they're like, not like a, a tree that's solid and rigid and don't learn anything. And we can learn from all kinds of different people. The Bible says we can even learn from fools. Proverbs says, counsel in the heart of a man is like a deep well, but the man of understanding will draw it out. Let me repeat that. Counsel in the heart of man is like a deep well, but the man of understanding will draw it out. And what he's talking about here is intelligent, intelligent people ask questions. When, when, when I'm with a pastor that I admire, there's a half a dozen questions or so, or a dozen questions that I typically ask. Questions like, what are the most important decisions you ever made in your, in your ministry? What are the five books that you've made the big difference in your life? How do you manage your time? Those kinds of things. Now, you would all agree with me that when we watch Jeopardy, on some nights, we would be the most brilliant people in the world because of those particular subjects we know something about. But on other nights, we would be the most ignorant people in the whole world. It just depends upon the subject. It just depends upon the subject. And everyone is ignorant just on different subjects. And that's why we need each other. 
And that's why we need to learn from other people. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 18. Whoever listens, what, is, what does it say? Who, whoever listens to correction is what? Is honored. Whoever listens to correction is honored. I read this a while back. This is what somebody wrote. I'd rather change my mind and succeed than have my own way and fail. I'd rather change my mind and succeed than rather have my own way and fail. Again, a, a, a meek person is not weak. They're not Casper the milk toast. They're not a spineless person. A meek person is understanding, not demanding, gentle, not judgmental, teachable, not unreachable. And number five, we're talking about reactions, controlling my reactions. When somebody hurts us, when somebody hurts us, we want to be an actor and not a reactor, which is the hardest thing to do in the world because that hurts. That hurts. Romans chapter 12, verses 17 and 21. That, what does it say? This is, what, this is the Apostle Paul writing to the Roman church. What does he say? He says, do not repay evil for evil, but over what? Overcome evil with what? Good. And the fact of life is, is that you will be hurt, I will be hurt, people will say things about you, people will do things against you, people will do things against me, and sometimes it's intentional, and sometimes it's unintentional. And the meekness issue is, how will you respond when that happens to you, and how will it respond, how will I respond when it happens to me? What is the normal reaction when people hurt you intentionally or unintentionally? What's the normal reaction? Retaliate, get even, and uh, and they and they've done books and they've done movies and people are really creative on how to get even, really creative, and um, you know uh, I know that uh, this would never ever happen uh, to anybody that in in our community uh, who owns a restaurant, but I've heard of people of individuals who've gotten even with their uh, People that eat in their restaurants. And you've heard of those stories too. And I believe that it's true. Sometimes that stuff goes on. Can you believe that? And people are really, um, you know, they're, they're really creative when it comes to getting uh, revenge upon people. And, um, and, and they can think of all kinds of ways. So to, to retaliate is to react. And they both start with the word re, which is a response. Um, a reaction, but to respond, to, to respond with forgiveness, even when they haven't asked for it, is to act, and that's to take the initiative. Years ago, when I was in college, there was a man by the name of John Powell, and it became a bestseller, and he wrote the book, "Why am I afraid to tell you who I am? Why am I afraid to tell you who I am?" And in that particular book, he says he was walking down the street with a friend and they stopped to get a newspaper. They stopped to get a newspaper. And the man selling the newspaper was grumpy and discourteous. And he was very, very rude. And the friend, as he was walking away, said to the man, you have a nice day now. And he smiled very big. And John Powell asked his friend, is that man always rude to you? Yes, you can count on him being rude every single day. Every single day I've stopped by there. 
He has been rude just like that every single day. Are you always that nice to him? And his friend said, Yes, I am. I'm not going to let one man ruin my day. Now, you guys all remember Booker T. Washington. He's that black scientist, a famous black scientist. He was a founder of a college. He was a brilliant man. Uh, and he founded all kinds of things. And, uh, and, and all, he has all kinds of patents. And he faced prejudice, intense prejudice, his entire life. And this is what he is quoted as saying. I will never, I will never allow another man to control or ruin my life by making me hate him. And we're talking about control. I will never allow a man to control me by allowing my person, he was saying, to hate him. It's really a mindset. It's like playing a game. Love them despite themselves. Be kind to them despite themselves. Showing love to them despite their grumpy selves. It's, it's almost like a mindset. It's almost like a game. It's almost like you've got this grumpy neighbor, and the more grumpy you are, the more a challenge it is to go and show them love. And the more grumpy that store clerk is, the more challenge of it is to show them love. And the more grumpy that that gas station attendant is, the more challenge it is to show them love and to see if you can at least get a smile or a breakthrough or whatever it may be. And I, I just got to tell you my story about Armenia one more time. We were over Armenia last summer, and um, every morning I couldn't sleep very good because of the time difference, and, and I'd work all day, and I'd lay awake all night. And the only way I found that I could get to sleep was by jogging early in the morning. And so I was, I was going out early in the morning, and I was jogging along the streets in Armenia in, in this little community. Or, or it was a city. Excuse me, it was a little community. It was, it was a city. We were working in a smaller community, but we were staying in a hotel in a larger area. So I was jogging in the morning, and I'd go and jogging in the morning, and when I come back, <coughs> the elderly people are the street sweepers over there, and, it's, and especially elderly women, and they have <coughs> these uh, brooms made out of these uh, bushes. You know, I don't know what they are, but they're big, bushy things, and she's out there sweeping every single morning. And, uh, and, and I'd, I'd run, I'd jog by, and I'd smile, and I'd say, good morning, good morning. Good morning, every morning. Good morning, good morning. Trying to get some sort of reaction from this little elderly lady. And every time that I would say that and, and look at her, she would just go. And she would turn back and she would do this. The last morning, the last morning I was there, she was out there right by the hotel sweeping. And I ran by and I gave her a big smile and said, Good morning, good morning. I said two or three times, good morning. And no reaction. I turned back around. And she was imitating me jogging, and she was she threw a, a, a broom down, and she was running in place. <laughs> I got some sort of reaction. <laughs> I got some sort of reaction from that lady, and that and that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about meeting that rudeness, meeting that hatred, meeting that prejudice, or whatever it may be, and 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 st and being an actor instead of a reactor. And one of the clear examples. Now, when let me just say, when you're reacting and not acting, you're 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 uh, that's a position of weakness. You say, what are you talking about? When you're reacting and not acting, that's a position of weakness because you've just allowed that person to have control over you. And um, and Jesus said, the meek person knows how to let go, 
And one clear example of this in the Bible is, in, is Moses. I believe it was Numbers chapter 12. And Moses was being criticized and insulated, and, and, and he was being criticized and he was being insulted, and he was being put down by his brother and by his sister. Um, the issue was is that he had married a lady, Zipporah, who was from Ethiopia, and it was an interracial marriage, and Moses' brother and sister did not like it, and they were griping. And Moses refused to defend himself, and he said, God, I'm going to let you take care of this. I'm going to let you take care of this. And God has always a better way of taking care of things than we do. And God said to Miriam, you like white skin? How about a lot of it? And he allowed her to get leprosy. Isn't that interesting? He allowed her to get leprosy. Moses did not say a word. He would not retaliate. And God says, be an actor and not a reactor. And God says, vengeance is mine. Vengeance is mine. Meekness, again, is the ability to handle hurt without retaliating. Look at Proverbs chapter 16, verse 32. Look at it up there if you've got your message notes. He, is slow, he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his own spirit than he who captures a city. What determines our emotions? Can you control your own emotions or does somebody else? Your emotions are either controlled by circumstances or by character. That makes me so mad. That makes me feel so sad. That makes me feel so bad. Circumstances are often controlling how we feel. I choose how I feel. Happiness, as we've been saying, is a choice. It's the attitude of the heart. Jesus promised, happy are the people who can control their reactions, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek. Power controlled not wearing their emotions on their sleeve, acting and not reacting. And you remember this illustration because it's been around the block for a number of years. But Viktor Frankl, the famous psychiatrist, went to the Nazi concentration camp in Auschwitz, and he said, they took my clothes, and they took my wife, and they took my wedding ring, and I stood and clothed before the SS, and I realized they can take everything in my life but they cannot take my freedom to choose how I will respond back to them. And that's freedom. That's freedom. How do I react? How do I choose to react to those people who hurt me? And Jesus is saying that happiness belongs to people with self-control. You say, that leaves me out. You say, that leaves me out. You say, I can't control my reactions. Right. But I know somebody who can help you to control them. God's Spirit does not make us timid. Remember, 1 Timothy 1.6, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God says, when I put my spirit in, in you, I don't turn you into a wimp. I'll give you power and I'll give you self-control and I'll give you a sound mind. And it's God. It's the Lord. It's the Lord working in our lives. Allowing Him. And that's meekness. Power controlled by love. Let's pray together, folks, as we close. And um, you can go ahead and turn me off, Eric.
we tape we tape our messages. So, but let, let's would you bow your heads?